In this episode, we're going to hear three very weird and strange encounters. But before we get to the stories, I want to mention there are two new channels of mine that you should definitely check out. The first is Donovan Dread 2, where I release the same great content, just a little shorter in length. Then there's Dread Captures, where we analyze various encounters that were captured on video, that were sent in to us, or that are available online. So if you're digging my content, make sure to hit that subscribe button, and I'll keep narrating these creepy encounters. Now let's get to the stories. Let me start off by saying this. I am no conspiracy theorist, okay? I'm not someone who just sits around on Facebook all day trying to catch up on whatever crazy things that some crazy people are pushing through their keyboards. I see myself as somewhat of a nomad, or a hippie, or whatever. Point is, I live out of my van. Me and my van, see? We've been through a lot together. Traveling the country, avoiding rent, general van life perks. One of the things that is not a perk of living in your van, though, is parking out in creepy places without necessarily knowing how safe it's going to be. At this time, coming up on a year ago now, I was doing somewhat of a tour through the northwestern part of the country. I wanted to see some of the natural sights, tourism stuff, the works. I ended up staying near one of these really gorgeous parks in Washington State. It was secluded and had a lot of cool plants around. And most importantly, it was legal for me to park there. So I decided on that spot to park the van while I stayed there. A little spoiler alert, I did not pick an ideal spot. The area itself wasn't that creepy, just kind in the middle of nowhere. You could tell that not a lot of people came around there often. So the first night I'm staying there, I go and I take a little hike around the park trails. It isn't even too late when I left, around 6 p.m. So I figured it was no big deal to explore a little bit. I ended up taking my time out there, and when I got back, it was already dark out. I'd say, I don't know, maybe around 9 p.m. And when I got to my van, let me tell you, I've never been more furious in my life. All around my van scattered are my few precious belongings. My bedspread, all my clothes, books, everything. Just torn up, dirty, or otherwise thrown on the ground. The worst of it all, my doors. Halfway torn off the hinges. Obviously, I'm assuming that some kind of animal. But the thing was, I can't think of one damn animal strong enough to pull the doors of a van off their hinges. So once I'm done cursing and being all ticked off, I start to get kind of scared. You see, I noticed that even though my stuff was scattered around, nothing was actually missing, except my mini-fridge. And no, I don't mean the stuff inside my mini-fridge, but the actual physical appliance. It was nuts. Whatever creature was in my van took my entire mini-fridge and booked it. Needless to say, I was kind of freaked out. I started to clean up my stuff, picking it up from all around the van. And every single item had the most terrible stench on them. This was some next-level gross. First off, they smelled like piss. Straight piss. And definitely not the type of something with a healthy diet. It was foul. The second thing, maybe even stronger than that smell, was the fact that everything reeked of wet dog. Dirty wet dog. Worse than any dog I've ever smelled. But still, definitely the same scent. I figured it would be best if I just packed my stuff up and left to go somewhere else. I have a bit of money saved up due to my budgeted lifestyle, but something told me that I should wait a while to try to see what in the hell did this to my van. So I decided I'd spend the night, just the night, 
and leave the next day. I'm lucky I escaped with my life, I think. Once it got dark, of course it began to rain. A lighter storm for sure, but annoying as hell with the no doors thing. I had a little pair of my binoculars in my hiking backpack, so I stationed myself to look out the window of the driver's seat just in case I had to book it. For a while, it was a whole lot of nothing. Just me, kind of half asleep to the rain sounds, looking out the window. But that's when I saw it. At first, swear to God, I thought it was just a really tall guy, just standing there out in the storm. So stupidly, I called out to him. That made it notice me, turn in my direction, and it was then I realized not only was this monster not a person, but it was sitting down. It stood up almost 10 feet, I swear to you. It had these little beady eyes that you could just tell saw straight through you, and a weird-ass, almost cone-shaped head covered top to bottom in fur. This sounds crazy, but I feel it could have been a Sasquatch. The thing was built like a professional weightlifter, too. Massive biceps that probably explained how torn up my van was. Me and this giant, we locked eyes for a while, and then it started coming closer. I freaked out. What else could someone possibly do in a situation like this? Stay calm? I turned on the van, but it was stalling. And this felt like I was in my very own horror movie. It wasn't running at me so much as cautiously crawling, but I wasn't going to risk anything. I wanted out of there. Then, almost like fate, there was this giant lightning crack nearby. It wasn't in sight, but you could hear it loud as hell. This definitely scared me, but the creature, it ran for the hills. It definitely didn't like loud noises. I tried a few more times and my van started. I lived to tell the tale, too, but nobody thinks I'm being serious. They think it was a coyote pack or a crazy fox or something. So I figured if anyone would believe me, it would be you. You're probably going to think I'm crazy. I think I'm crazy and I lived it. I was on vacation with my wife. We had decided that we would go to a state that we haven't traveled to before. And we decided that South Carolina was where it was at. I always loved the idea of the Carolinas. Anyone I talked to always told me how beautiful they were. It was a no-brainer when we decided to go out of our comfort zone and try somewhere new. I didn't expect that trip to completely destroy my view of South Carolina, but it did. I was so excited because normally when we travel, we go to the same places. Dallas, Denver, Albuquerque, and I was ready for a new adventure. So when my wife said, let's go somewhere new, I quickly told her that I wanted to go to South Carolina. I wanted the beach and the exciting energy that I always heard about from friends that have traveled there. I forgot to mention the unnatural creatures that shared the area. We had been in Columbia, South Carolina for a few days, but I was ready to get out of the city and hit some small towns on the way to the beach. I wanted to stay in small hotels along the way and really enjoy our trip. Thankfully, my wife loves to travel as much as I do, and she was 100% game to do the touristy thing with me. The first small town hotel was cute. We loved the first small town hotel. We had fun eating at the diners in town, shopping, and just taking in the scenery. But all good things come to an end. We moved on to the next town and checked into our room, and went in to search for food. By the time we were done eating, it was getting a little late. Not quite dusk, but also not night. That perfect time between the two. 
We were walking back to our hotel, talking about what we wanted to do the next day. I was trying to convince my wife that we should go to this sunglass store that I saw on our way to town. I was enjoying the walk and almost convinced her when we saw movement in the shadows. I wrote it off as just someone walking home. We had never been in this town before, so I didn't know any better. I felt slightly uneasy, but I didn't let it stop me. I was determined to go to this sunglass shop the next day. My wife and I were laughing as we hit the parking lot of the hotel. However, my laughter quickly stopped when I saw the movement again. Something was very off. I rushed us into our hotel room, locking the door behind us. My nerves screaming that something was wrong, but I couldn't quite place the fear. It made no sense. I knew that I wanted out of this town. I let my wife know that maybe we just move on in the morning. She argued that I've gotten her all excited to go to the sunglass shop and that we could leave tomorrow night like we planned. I didn't want to fight about it and ruin our vacation, so I agreed and we headed to bed. I struggled to sleep that night. The next morning, I felt foolish. Of course, there would be things I was unfamiliar with in this town. I'd never been there. It was all new to me. My wife and I spent the day trying a new diner, finally picking out some sunglasses, and checking out the little town shops, buying some souvenirs and postcards to send ourselves from on the road. I was feeling very comfortable as our day came to an end, and we loaded our car with our suitcases. I was getting ready to go to the next town, check in, and plan out tomorrow. I had no idea that our trip was about to become memorable for a truly terrifying reason. We'd only been on the road for about an hour. We were trying to get close to the beach before we stopped for the night, but not too close because we weren't ready to give up our small town days. The roads that we were driving down were gorgeous, even in the dark. The trees had grown tall and their branches reached across the road, making a sort of a tunnel. Our headlights were shining against the trees and the signs, but that wasn't all. Suddenly, they lit up a strange figure. We were out in the middle of nowhere, and we were worried that it was someone needing a ride. So we pulled off the road and turned our hazards on. I opened the door and called out. I immediately regretted my choice. The figure had been crouched down, and when it stood, it towered over me. The thing, because it was clearly not human, swung its lizard-like head around to stare at me. My breath caught in my throat, and my wife started pulling on my jeans to get me back in the car. I jumped back in our car and shut my door. I didn't even have a chance to put our car in drive before this creature was jumping on the hood. The yellow eyes are something I will never forget. My wife started screaming as this lizard-like thing started scratching its huge claws down the hood of our car. I fumbled to get our car into gear, slamming on the gas and praying that I can get this thing off our car before it comes through the windshield but it just dug its claws deeper into the hood. I slammed on the brakes, which threw the creature onto the ground in front of us. My wife just said, go, and I went. I went around the creature and floored it, getting us as far away from the area as I could. We were both shaking as we made it into the next town, but we decided we were just going to keep going. We didn't want to risk whatever it was finding us again. From now on, I'm going to be looking into all the creepy stories of an area before we decide to travel there. I am good on the scary unknown. I have had my fill. It's been 10 years, and I still recall that night as clear as day. My parents were big in the hiking trails, and we used to go to every state park we could. 
I was around eight at the time, and curious as ever. I was never allowed to, but sometimes I wanted to go off trail and explore on my own. I guess growing up hiking, I wasn't afraid of venturing off. Nighttime soon approached and we hunkered down for the evening. We were all exhausted, so by the time we set up our tents, we fell asleep almost instantly. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and having to go to the bathroom really bad. I didn't feel like waking either one of my parents to let them know. I thought I'd be real quick so there's really no need to. I went about 20 feet away from the camp to relieve myself. After finishing, I just looked up at the starry sky. It was cool and breezy. You could hear the coos of the nightlife in the forest. It felt so nice out, I didn't want to go back to the tent just yet. After all, I was eight and full of life and curiosity. I decided to venture around a little bit with just me and my flashlight. Nearby, I discovered a little river with some fallen trees. I sat down on a log and just sulked in that fresh night air. Not too long after, I heard footsteps crunching on the leaves behind me. I stood up turning to look, thinking my parents must have noticed I was gone, and came looking for me. When I flashed my light in that direction, I was greeted by a park ranger. I don't know what it was, but I felt I was safe in his presence. You out exploring, little fellow? He said to me. I replied back, Yeah, I'm out exploring. He chuckled and sat just below along the riverbank. Yeah, I've been exploring out here for a while now myself, he responded. I remember looking at his uniform and thinking, it looked different from the uniforms I've seen other park rangers wear. Instead of khaki shorts and a polo t-shirt, he was wearing white pants with high-top scuffed-up black boots. I asked him if the uniform he was wearing was a new one, because I never saw one like it. He responded that they were standard-issued clothes, but he told me that they didn't keep them that warm. He proceeded to show me this long, dingy wool coat and said that it was the only warm article of clothing that he had. I was only in my pajamas and a short-sleeved t-shirt and was shivering a bit. He walked over and wrapped his coat around me and said, Here, fella, this ought to do the trick. He was right. The coat warmed me right up. We talked a little more. And as curious as I was, I kept badgering him with question after question. The more we conversed, the more I realized how different his accent was, like he wasn't from the area. By this time, we had been talking for about an hour, if not longer. I asked him if he was camping nearby with his family, and he said that he was out with his army. I remember thinking, why is there an army in the woods? When I questioned him about it, he seemed lost as to why they were even in the area. Certain questions seemed to stump him like he lost his train of thought. He explained that they were going to a battle with the British for their freedom. And at eight years old, I figured it was grown-up stuff that was going on, and I didn't know about it. He had mentioned George Washington, and immediately light bulbs went off, and I blurted out saying, I know who that is, and recently learned about him in my history class. He chuckled saying, yep, that's our commander, and he gives orders on where to go. I looked at him puzzled and said, I thought he died a long time ago, to which he replied, no, he's still very much alive. Being a kid, if a grown-up tells you one thing, most of the time they're right, so I brushed it off assuming I heard wrong in school. I heard splashing in the water and flashed my light on it to see fish jumping up from the river. The man gasped in awe. What kind of lantern is that? I giggled saying it was just a flashlight and handed it to him. He reluctantly took it and examined it. I showed him the switch to turn it on and off, and he was just baffled. 
How do you kill the flame and reignite it so quickly, he asked. I explained it wasn't a flame. It was just powered by batteries. I looked at him puzzled and asked if he had ever seen one before. He shook his head while still examining it and clicked the switch on and off. I told him he could have it since I had another one back at camp. That's mighty kind of you, he replied. Why don't I trade you for it instead? He stood and reached into his pocket, pulling out a small, shimmery, painted soldier figurine. My eyes lit up as he handed it to me. He smiled and sighed back, standing back up. All right, I'd best be on my way back to camp. I stood up with him. Yeah, I should go back too. I took off the coat he had put on me. Here, you'll need this to keep you warm, I said. He nodded and slid it on before reaching out his hand to shake mine. I put the figurine in my pocket and shook his hand. I began walking off and turned back. If you see any lads dressed like me, let them know camp's just up the mountain. I nodded and watched him vanish into the woods. I made my way back to the tent and went to sleep. The next morning when I woke up, I remembered the figurine he gave me and searched my pockets for it. I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it. I was so bummed because I wanted to show my friends when I got back to school. A few years went by and I finally pieced together the outfit the man was wearing. It was one of a soldier during the Revolutionary War. I couldn't believe my eight-year-old self had talked to a ghost from then. I never told anyone about that night, but I recall it so clearly and how real he seemed. I wish I had met him when I was older, because I would have so many questions to ask. I've returned to that same spot where we camped at in hopes of seeing him at night by that riverside. You hear that kids see the dead, and maybe that's that. He could still be there, but since I'm older, I'm not able to see him. If I have kids one day, I might take him to that spot in hopes they meet this wondrous ghost I met. Thanks for watching, and let me know what you think of these stories in the comments below. Don't forget that you can listen to my episodes on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. I try to upload every single day on this channel and on Donovan Dread 2, where I release shorter content. Same great encounters, just a little bit shorter. Also, if you want to see crazy encounters captured on trail cams, then check out Dread Captures. It's part of the Dread Network, where we go over live footage of very strange encounters that are sent into the Facebook group or videos that are circulating on the web. Last but certainly not least, check out Lilith Dread. She releases the same great content daily on her channel. You'll find all of these links below. Thanks and take care.